Hi guys, welcome back to Let's Chat with Lexi Pratt. I'm your host, Lexi, and we're going to get into today's episode real quick, real fast. I have Grace back for part two of our episode. Say hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So we're recording this together on the same mic, so I'm thinking that it's going to pick it up well. Um, We did a little practice round, so fingers crossed that you guys can hear it nice and well. Um, So we're just going to get right back into the questions. So the main part of this episode is talking about standing strong, what you believe in, how to be a proper ally, and ways to contribute um, in the racial climate that we're in right now, and how to make real strong social change. So, Grace, this is the next question that we had. Um, Would you say standing your ground and caring about issues that other people weren't as passionate about growing up was difficult? Yes. I would say that it's definitely... um, difficult to feel like political topics and topics of social injustice are really important in one sphere of your life and a really big part of the conversation at home, for example, as it was for me, and then entering into a different sphere, as in school, and um, realize that not everyone talks about politics all the time, which is a good realization because um, I think over the years I've learned that um, there's a difference between like advocacy and just talking to talk. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a really important lesson to uh, use your voice to start conversations and respond to what other people say, but um, not just talk about politics to hear yourself speak and there's definitely those kind of people and I've definitely been that kind of person at some point but I think um I think the biggest thing is to not be scared of creating discomfort in the room so well you don't want to just talk about issues all the time especially with people who feel like they don't know as much or if they um feel like they don't really want to talk about things. Um, It's definitely hard to know when to bring up issues of social justice, but I think the most important person that you can be in the room is to kind of bring up those questions and start the conversation rather than just kind of lecture people on what you think is right and wrong. I think we live in an area that primarily, like, kind of, can ignore a lot of these issues, so I feel like it's it's a privileged attitude. I think we were talking about that before, how we can af- a lot of people can afford to just not talk about it and pretend that it doesn't exist. And I think that was the attitude that a lot of people at our school had. Mm-hmm. So then when you would speak up and talk about things, it was either people feeling uncomfortable and not saying anything or just people who mimicked their parents' opinions and didn't actually like invest time into learning anything about politics. And so that's why I was always like, yeah, go Grace, because <laughs> as she was so educated and knew what she was talking about and actually, like, cared, but didn't go from it at a stance of, like, I want to be you. She's like, I want to inform you. Like, I want us to educate each other, because in every conversation, it's about educating. And someone's going to have a te- takeaway. Either you're going to take away, like, oh, my gosh, we need to educate our children more. Yeah. Or, or you're going to take away and be like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. I have gained perspective. Like, right. You're never going to leave a conversation empty-handed. Exactly. There's always going to be something out of it. And I think one of the best conversations that I had was 
actually in college and it was with someone who I've always thought of like in classes and outside of classes as someone who's really who were kind of polar opposites on the political spectrum and when we would get into conversations I would get frustrated but talking to him really gave me the perspective of other people and I think that bringing up conversation in order for you to learn as well as for them to learn is so important and at the end of one of our conversations we came to a consensus on a certain issue and neither of us had conceded our point it was just like oh wait we both want a b and c to happen we just have different ideas of how to get there and I think that that's such an important conversation to have um but as our parties have become more polarized I think that's become more difficult to reach a consensus and especially on issues of social justice and the racial issues that are um, becoming more apparent now to our country you can't really find a consensus on whether on how to treat people yeah, there's like, like there's no, no compromise. yeah there's it's no like compromise. either this or not like when when people even argue about it you're like it's hum- it's a human rights issue it's not a political issue and I think that that's like a huge thing that's going on around Instagram is that it was never political and I don't know who made it political who made COVID pol- political who made yeah. uh, Black Lives Matter matter political like it's all about human rights and I think once we figure out the the difference between mm-hmm. that or just like fighting and knowing that everyone has the same thing in mind I think we'll actually have some sort of change but like we talked about in the first episode there's a lot going on with um social media where a lot of pe- a lot of people that might have been taking like the back seat are really coming out and mm-hmm. finding their own voice and getting informed in their own ways um but yeah I think that's really cool how one of your most important conversations with was with someone of kind of a different view view stance because that means you guys both have the courage to talk to each other I think a lot of people feel comfortable talking to people who have the same opinions definitely because they don't want to make things uncomfortable they don't want to make people angry but it's so important to have yeah. those conversations and especially with um issues of racial justice you can't be scared to make people angry yeah. you're talking about um that's a learning point for other people. And if you're scared of talking about certain things, then we're all screwed as a society. Yeah, like, you need to rethink why you're afraid. Like, are you afraid because you you value this person's opinion of you more than you value these lives that have been, like, like, murdered? Not to make myself sound righteous, because I've definitely had moments where... Like, politically, I, I I say something, but I feel, like, uncomfortable slightly because I don't want there to be a riff in this, like, three-hour, oh, you know, exchange. Or, like, we're all together in something. Like, I don't want to be the person to bring up something political. But it's it shouldn't – it just – it's so weird because it shouldn't be political. It should just be, like, yeah, yeah I exactly. all agree. Everyone's the same. Like, whatever. Yeah. And, it's, unfortunately, everything's just politicized in our country today, and that makes it difficult. And more divisive to have any sort of conversation, but it's important just to kind of, I don't know, I always think of, well, I'd rather say what I think than leave the conversation and be like, oh, I should have said something and that's the the worst feeling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I just think kind of everyone taking individual responsibility for the society we're creating today is so, so important because a lot of times, like, I think of myself as like a one little dot in like the whole picture Mm -hmm. of the United States or in the world but I think just being just recognizing how much power you can have as an individual is so important and kind of 
being cocky about it sometimes, being like, wow, I can, as an individual, I can make so much change in the world. And I actually, this week, I watched, or a few nights ago, I watched John Lewis's documentary, Good Trouble. Oh my gosh, I was like crying. It's just so, he's, I really didn't know much about John Lewis. Um, I knew about him as a politician, but not about his um, background of, in the civil rights movement and how um, he really just started by wanting to make change and everyone was like nope you just have to leave the institutions how they are because I mean even more than today black people are just getting murdered and brutally um attacked physically for any sort of uprising or like sitting at at lunch counters and like very simple things that we take for granted today but seeing his and everyone around him like their ability to just take the beating and to take and keep going afterwards is incredible and like he this one individual changed so So much much, in our history and he ended up being ended up in congress and he wasn't always like on the side of the institution but he knew that that was his next step Mm -hmm. in making change and I feel like having that sense of responsibility and not just accepting things as they are is like one of the most important things you can do as a citizen and I try to tell myself that yeah well I mean I think that's even valid in like in my personal life in such a small situation is like me talking having the petition to um lower our tuition and like all the other people like your friends that have started email chains and like trying to because college is so expensive and it seems like nothing's really happening. We're not changing anything. But the more we push, the the more something's going to change and something's going to happen. Like, the more you care about something, eventually something will break. And I just think it's so admirable. And everyone that, like, fought in the civil rights is that they literally did not stop because they knew something was wrong. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what's really made a lot of positive change going on right now um, with all the stories about all the black people that have been murdered because you're like, why? Why is this happening? Like, question question the what is like the term like question, question authority society. yeah question yeah. authority like not just let things happen like we're not all a bunch of sheep that are just living yeah. life like we don't wake up pay bills and like work you know like that's not all that's not our whole life like we all deserve to live a wonderful like free life definitely and, um not free as in cost but like free <laughs> as a human being let's go yeah <laughs> like no, like definitely. live as a free individual that mm-hmm. um and I, yeah, I, I'm going to watch that. I just you finished You need to. The, I recommend it to everyone. So you want to talk about race. I just finished it and it was really good. I'm always going to have that um, as just like a guide, almost as not as like an encyclopedia of just what to refer to because she mm-hmm. had a whole section of like, this is for white people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so nice. And those yeah. are the kind of um, texts that everyone should be looking through and kind of constantly going back to. It's not just like read it once. It's like, okay, yeah. sometimes you need a reminder. But I definitely think your example of the petition for um, lowering or freezing tuition is such a good example because society is structured in a very hierarchical way today. (laughs) And um, and I think that sometimes the power of the individual is so minimized because it's easier for institutions, it's easier for Mm -hmm. colleges just to ignore the voices of students in some cases, it's easy for the government just to be like, okay, let me send federal troops out to um, 
stop these protesters, but in reality, that's what we're supposed to be doing in a democracy. And I think it's really shameful when people minimize the voice of students or the voices of young people, because that's the only way that anything has ever changed is pushing because if we would just sat and like watch things happen, then we'd be like hundreds of years behind. Yeah, exactly. And have people changing the mold and like changing the wheel. That's it. Okay. (laughs) There we go. I was like, in my mind, I had a circle in my head and I was like, what's What's that word? I know. I always try to remember those like little phrases, but yeah, well, I was told in high school that we couldn't say any I know. cliches, I know, that was right? amazing. <laughs> I was like, See, I even <laughs> forgot the word for cliches. <laughs> okay, so talking about, like, making important change at a young age, um, you interned at a very young age for the Obama campaign. How was that, like, being so young? What did you learn from that up to apply to your other internships and your other jobs? Wow, throwing it back. Yeah. Um, well... I think, so I originally went to just go volunteer for the Obama campaign in 2012, and um, then I just somehow ended up going back all the time and becoming an intern, and I that was definitely a very formidable experience, just because, or formative experience, mm-hmm. excuse me, because it was the first time that I was going door-to-door without my mom or going as my job, like it was my first job ever was to, um, go door to door. And I, um, helped organize volunteers, which was so strange as what, like a 14 year old, 15 year old to be telling like 50 plus year old people what to do or how, or like training them on certain things. And, I think it goes back to the idea of self-efficacy. Like, I learned that I could have an impact on, or felt like I could have an impact on an election or on how my community voted and, like, this particular part of the campaign at such a young age, and I was treated like I was any other intern who we ranged, I think, from I was the youngest, and then there was probably up to, like, 18 or 19 years old. um, We're all high schoolers. And I think just feeling a sense of being able to do something and make a change is huge. And also now that I, I mean, I've continued to work on some campaigns, but now that I'm kind of switching my focus over to looking at public policy um, and with my current uh, fellowship at the ACLU, it's really, really helpful to have had that grassroots connection with voters and to understand how people view the government. I mean, even if it's like a small sample size, Mm -hmm. it's really important in whatever work you go into, whether it be politics or just participating in movements, it's so important to see, to talk to people and realize that everyone kind of has the same goal. Mm -hmm. Not always, not always, but that's generalizing. But people could have very similar goals, but just not be as educated or... Um, not necessarily be that interested most of the time in politics. And so um, that's really helped me to understand politics as like a community, uh, a community thing. And I loved it. I, that's kind of my internship at the Obama campaign was like the start of me being like, oh my God, let's go. I want to keep doing this forever. So I think that's, I think that, 
more young people like under voting age should be encouraged to be involved in campaigns and in movements because I think it's so important to not just you can't unfortunately as much as you like our government at any point it's still gonna make choices for you and I think it's so important for people to realize that they have a voice yeah I think that people truly forget and it sucks how much our our voting poll like the percentages has gone down and like the fact that some people are just like ah, it doesn't matter I'm just like one person but yeah like, everyone had that same attitude that's why like you know like 50 percent of people are or whatever the percentage is um I had this one um little girl she was it's like oh what do you want what do you want to be like when you grow up because I, I was talking about how I'm going to be a PA and she said um the president <laughs> I was like whoa she was like I'm gonna sit in the Oval Office you know she said it like that and I was, like, so taken back, and I didn't mean to, like, laugh, because I think that that's such a pivotal moment for her, too, because I would never want her to remember that as, like, someone crushing her dreams. Right. Because everyone is important, and everyone has an opportunity, and so I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I just wasn't expecting that. Like, hell yeah, girl, like, you go. Like, set your dreams to anything. Yeah. Because I think that so often we have adults saying, like, oh, you haven't reached the real world yet, or, like, oh, like, you'll figure it out. Like, it's not that not that great or whatever but if we continue making sure that kids have dreams and adults have dreams and that we're always making change and always think that we can make a change I just think that's such a better perspective I mean I understand that it's logical to know that like maybe one person can't always make a huge difference but if you and a bunch of other people have that same attitude then you're not alone and like that's where change can really happen but I thought that that was just so cute because it's so cute yeah she was just she just said it straight up and I was like I love that moxie like I love that (laughs) that strength like that you said that and I I wish more people thought like that and really continue to do what they actually want to do and I I think even not switching gears but like even with college where you know some people are really passionate about art or passionate about studies that you know might not make a lot of money right out they, they decide to go into something that they know that's going to make them money, like medicine or, like, accounting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes me sad because I feel like it's just – it's sometimes we're a bit too logical for our own good or, like, too money forward. Or right, exactly. I think that that is a problem in our society that just starts with – we were just talking about this with, like, with the capitalist idea of, like, okay, the more money you make – the more successful you are exactly and I think that obviously having enough to survive and live a comfortable life is important but I think beyond that you should I don't know I just I wish society had more f- focus on the impact that they could have on the world and not um, necessarily go for the big corporate jobs that might not even might be hurting people so yeah that's true um, one of our family friends, um, she did school in Europe and she went back and like wanted to get her master's in music and people asked and she's like, I just like really like music. Yeah. And that's just, you know, and that should be kind of the reason why you go and dedicate yeah. yourself and your time to years of school is because you like it and you love yeah. it because that's what's going to make you the better version of, of that practitioner, that provider, that employee, that boss like if you like what you're doing and you like what you study um I know that that's like a whole different conversation but I think it really like all goes down to believing in yourself and like on getting to know yourself and knowing that you can make a difference in no matter what you do even Mm -hmm. if you think it's small 
Um, it's actually, it's really not. We're all very similar. As I've seen with Instagram memes and how everyone kind of thinks the same. <laughs> like, have you ever done blah, blah, blah? And you're like, yes. And you're like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy yeah. How, how much we all are the same. No, and I think that your point about how everyone should go for, should be involved with what they're passionate about, I think that's really important in, um, like, social movements, for example. I don't think there's one way to go about um, getting change to happen. I think that if you're musical and that's how you want to express your opinions and that's how you want to make a change, then you do that. And if you're an artist, you can do, like, I think everyone, just because I'm coming from the political angle, doesn't mean that everyone else should also come from the political angle. It's like everyone has their own like skill set and I think it's so important to realize that no matter what your skill set is you're able to contribute to like the broader goal mm-hmm. in a certain way and I think that's so cool oh yeah capitalize on like what you have and like what networking you have and like what skill set and skill share like in mine it's the medical field and obviously we know there's huge racial problems in the medical field and so I'm gonna hopefully contribute to that in the future mm-hmm. in that moment as a student I can contribute in other ways and like communicating with people and trying my best to be a better ally but I think it's awesome to remind people people um like De- is wasn't it baby that made that song he like changed rock star and made it about like police brutality he oh. did that at the award show and I thought that that was so powerful because that's so I yeah. heard a song recently I don't know who it, it was just like on a playlist that I was shuffling through so it I don't could know have, I don't know yeah it could have been that but I now was trying to go back through the playlist and figure out what song yeah, it was because it was our friend's playlist oh, yeah really? <laughs> and I had no idea um which song it was so I've been trying to find out but I'll look up that song I think that's so powerful and you look at or in the John Lewis documentary they were talking about these certain songs that they would sing like um well obviously like we shall overcome and then other songs that are very um prominent in the movement and I think that's so important to remember that like music can bring people together like communicate a message yeah Yeah, exactly so I think that is a really cool reminder too is that there's so many aspects to it that are so important um so since kind of transitioning into what you're saying and how everyone has different ways of being an ally um I wanted to interview you because I want everyone to see how big your heart is and how much you care for others as I know everyone can tell by based on this interview but in this racial climate how have you continue to be a better ally with the assets and skills that you have yeah that's I mean it's a big question um I can't say as I said in the last um the first part of this I still haven't quite figured out exactly how to be um a, the perfect ally and yeah. um I don't want to come across as like I'm trying to tell everyone what to do but um for me I think like right when I um everything started I started getting involved in um the local branch of the NAACP and that's been really incredible getting more people to sign up and spreading awareness about um the organization and helping in different ways that I can. And I think that, um, that especially in the very white community that we live in has felt important. Like I've gone to, um, the farmer's market. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've gone to the farmer's market and started talking with, um, people that I know in the community or people that I don't know. And a lot of people are interested in getting involved in, um, 
issues that the NAACP focuses on, but they don't know how to. So then they sign up and go to these meetings and the money that they pay to be a member Mm -hmm. is um, then put towards, yeah, going towards like scholarships for students of color in the area, which I think is really important. Um, And then definitely listening uh, to what people of color are saying. I think that we should all be taking notes from what they're saying to us and what they're posting on social media. Um, I think that that is a really important part of the movement because as, um, as, (laughs) as like a, as a white person, you never know what the experience is like and you can never pretend to know. But I think that's really important about the term ally is that you're, there not to be the front of the movement, but you're there to help in all means, in all ways necessary. Mm-hmm. And I think just dedicating yourself to listening is is the most important thing. Um, and also, I'm very interested in education policy, so I've been trying to um, figure out a curriculum for a local Ooh. school to educate um, students on... Uh, issues of social justice and more specifically racial justice issues and I'm so excited for this opportunity because I think that um, as we talked about before using your skill sets is really important and my focus in life is what well what I wanted to be is um, on education policy because I think education uh, and the method in which we teach is vital to um, kind of developing our society into a better and um, more empathetic society. And I think sometimes uh, education policy and curriculum is neglected because it's thought of more, oh, it's on the community level. Oh, it's just like the beginning of, it's just for like five through 18 year olds. So Mm -hmm. why does it really matter? Um, But I think that public education is, should be the core and the heart of our society. I think if you want any real change, this is my biased perspective, but I think if you want any real change to happen, you need to start with young people because people aren't born with any sort or of hate. Yeah, people don't have the hate. You learn, it's a learned behavior to be racist and hateful and all the horrible things. But I think that looking at where everything starts is in schools. And I think developing a curriculum that focuses, refocuses on the civil rights movement and um, issues of uh, race issues that our community faces is so, so important in order for children to know and keep that on the forefront of their mind and unlearn these like cultural behaviors of um, either implicit or explicit racial biases. So I think that will be a really cool experience and hopefully, um, hopefully it will, I'll be able to talk to community members and learn more about what to do. But I don't know. I just think doing what you can in your community is the most important. Sometimes it's overwhelming to think about being an ally for like the whole movement or making change in a whole movement, but even taking in your community, no matter how small it is, and trying to implement little changes, I think is so important. Mm-hmm. And listening is the number one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I think especially with the... I'm so for changing education. Um, I think that we were really lucky in our high school to have Dr. Hilson, who I'm pretty sure was the only person of color that was a 
teacher at our school, but he really divulged into the Civil Rights Act and like the Civil Rights Movement and talking about slavery and, and actually giving it a conversation topic and um, not just like a chapter, but yeah. making it the entire class um, yeah. and making it like a conversation. Like, because it's, it's such a literal hole in history because people don't want to remember it or people are like, oh, it was 400 years ago or it was like yeah. 60 years ago, but say that again, 60 years ago like yeah. or whatever. Like, it's you can still have family members that are alive that lived through that time. Um, yeah. And I think that I am so grateful for having him as a teacher, but I know that many it's ignorant to, to think that other people have that kind of life or like had that kind of education system. I think yeah. even talking about something smaller is that um, when I talked about like health class, some kids weren't even allowed to have health class yeah. and they didn't talk about condoms, having sex or anything like that safe sex or talking about LGBTQ rights. And I was like, oh my gosh, we had a, we had a teacher who had his PhD. And, yeah. Um, we were so lucky. Yeah. Like he was amazing about sex, sexuality and everything. And, um, but I can't be ignorant because I thought that, oh, I thought everyone talked about yeah. it. So there were some people that literally never had that conversation. So just to even think about people ignore, ignoring this whole chunk of our history and not talking about public health issues. Um, I think it's so, so important to implement that. So I'm so proud of you and happy for you that that's, like, your next goal, so. Yeah, I think um, there's definitely part of our curriculum that wants to forget the bad things For that sure. America has yeah. done, I think. At Christopher Columbus. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I think the way we frame our history is very skewed from what it actually is, and I mm-hmm. think I've learned, even though we were very lucky to go to the high school that we did, I think there are so many things that I learned just going to college and being like, well, why didn't I learn this way earlier? And why are so many people not able to learn the actual history of our country? And I think we focus, I mean, I'll get critiqued for this, but I think we should focus less on like the history of ancient Greece and like Shakespeare and spend way more time on issues of racial justice because that's where we're living and breathing right now. Mm-hmm. And just because it's more comfortable to talk about Shakespeare and ancient Rome doesn't mean that we should be just talking about yeah. that. I think there's so it's many. It's not really valid in this time. Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many applicable. things that we need yeah. to be talking about that are urgent. Yeah. And I think that it's so important to start in schools. And I hope that I feel like a lot of educators are thinking about how to implement um, issues of racial justice in their everyday curriculum so I'm eager to start work on that love it love it um we talked about this uh, one of the takeaway points that I was saying was um how would you recommend people to um to take action if they feel like they can't do anything so I'm going to move on to the other takeaway point um which we spoke about a little bit um how people can feel uncomfortable having political arguments how do you navigate speaking to people with differing opinions like do you have any kind of tips on how to talk to people if they're really polar opposites? Hmm. Well, I haven't quite perfected that (laughs) yet. Um, I think just, I I think it definitely differs with different people. For me, I think that being really um, strong and staying with my point is really important. I think that there are also like gendered issues with arguing with people and a lot of times I do find myself arguing again like with white males who Mm -hmm. 
sometimes I feel like they don't uh, validate my opinions partially because I'm a female and think that I don't know as much as I do. And so if you're a woman in an argument, you have to be even stronger Mm -hmm. than you might want to be because you have to stay persistent and show that you know exactly what you're talking about and that you don't give a shit if they're going to argue against you. And I think that staying angry is so important. And definitely there's certain conversations where if I'm having a conversation with someone who's calmer and not really just kind of trying to learn, I'm not going to be like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But if there's someone, if you feel like someone's trying to tell you that, like try to spew facts at you that, aren't necessarily factual then you have yeah exactly then you have to like stand your ground and show that you're not gonna be scared Mm -hmm. and I think the main message that I feel like a lot of people have been trying to get out um during this time is just like everyone should be angry and if you're angry you're not paying attention and I think there is like for me it personally works for me to get angry about things and be like well this is outright wrong And if I don't say anything, and if I don't stand my ground in this one argument, then what am I even doing? Like, why am I, why do I even say, call myself an ally? Why do I even say that I'm an advocate? Like, you have to stay on your mission and don't let anyone tell you that your, your truth isn't right and that your argument is invalid because you have to go in and feel confident. And if that means listing off facts, writing facts down and doing research before an argument. Trust me, I've done that plenty of times. (laughs) There's been times where I've had to go back, do research and come back because I feel like I'm not informed enough. But if you come in with the facts and you come in with how you feel, you really can't go wrong in an argument. And I think just knowing your own um, intelligence is so important and sometimes being cocky about it is what you have to do exactly and I don't think I think I lost that a little bit um for a few uh, maybe a couple years where I was just like oh maybe I don't know I think you go through this time you're like okay I was so far left liberal maybe I've scooted a little more maybe I'm not as liberal as I thought I was and so maybe I've been arguing too strong on this one point and maybe people don't like me because I argue too much on like certain points and I think you just like more recently and especially with this movement I've just been like oh my god why would I ever slow down speaking out what I believe in and I think kind of getting this getting like a sense of confidence and a sense of I deserve to say what I think and I need to say what I think if I want to help other people or if I want to create institutional change. So Yeah, you deserve a spot at the table. Like, no one should tell you differently. Yeah. Especially if you come into the conversation informed and you're not just spewing whatever. Like, there's definitely been conversations that I've had where someone will literally say something completely random and I'm, just because it's a fact. And I'm like, do you does that at all correlate with what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? It's exactly. like peaches and apples. Like it's not like even on the same thing. Like it's, we're not talking about the same fruit. Like yeah. <laughs> there are different fruits. Yeah. <laughs> same subject line, but different fruit. Um, but I think those are all, that's all really good advice. I think that especially as, as females talking that sometimes we can be said that we're like too emotional or we're too invested or like if we raise our voices that we're, we're getting too involved or whatever. And it's like, 
let us just do us. Yeah. Like, just let people speak. Let let everyone have their opinion. But especially when it comes to human rights, like like we said before, there is no compromise. Like yeah. it is it is the facts. Every human is the same. We are equal. Like there's there should be no argument there. So I think that that's when people are allowed to get emotional because you're just like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to get it into your head? Like that you're wrong. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Exactly. And I think that sometimes the like emotional side is thought of as so negative in politics and that's definitely become a more gendered thing Mm. like females are thought of to be way more emotional and way too emotional to even handle being in the government position and then males are thought of being way less emotional and I think because of that males are less emotion has been thought of as okay this is how you're supposed to approach yeah, politics this is a better way yeah, yeah which it's just absolutely not the better way and I think what's so important is to realize that having emotions and feeling empathy towards someone is not a negative feeling and is not a negative a bad way to argue something I think mm-hmm. it means that you care you it means that you need yeah we just need more emotion in politics and it doesn't have to all be like a strategic way of like who can make them who can most speak money the or most who can mon- speak yeah exactly like way it's like we're talking showing about that they lives. don't care yeah and it's like don't tip ta- don't tiptoe around the fact that people's lives are online i'd rather have someone advocate for me and be emotional about it because they're like frick you know i really care about these people i'd rather right. someone be like that yeah than just have a stone cold face and just and try not to get themselves involved like the whole reason why people i feel like initially a lot of people get involved in politics or get involved in advocacy groups is because they care somehow maybe along the line it gets into money or it gets into power but like the whole reason why people are there is because they they want to make um change yeah exactly so i don't yeah i agree i think that's that is a really good point and a good takeaway um so my last point that I wanted to say is that some people feel like they're stuck in their friends' opinions slash parents slash family family's opinions. What would you tell people who are trying to expand their knowledge and change from their norm? Read. I think reading, like, articles from all different news sources is so important. I think reading books on whatever your interest is. Like, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm more interested in education policy, so I've been reading books on different, like, from different authors on different perspectives on education policy. And I think um, how to get out of just thinking what your parents thinking are thinking or just thinking what your friends are thinking um, is so, it's so hard to get out of. But if you're, the more you read, the more your perspective mm-hmm. is expanded, um, expanded. And I think that that's really the only thing, I, I don't know. I think that that could be one of the only things that you can do other than obviously talking to other people, being open to conversation, listening to other people's perspectives. I just think that getting finding a topic you're interested in, like if you're more interested in um, like any, I don't know, any sort of policy, yeah. like foreign policy, if you're more interested in um, whatever it may be. You just need to read about it. And I think um, that's all we can do is just educate ourselves more and try to get out of your liberal bubble or your conservative bubble. Like, it's very important to talk to other people, um, not only to educate yourself, but also to educate them on um, what you believe. Yeah, everything, everyone brings something else. And I think that if you're, obviously, if you're younger, it's harder to say, like, oh, move. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think that's why some people go to college and other places, because... 
they want to meet different people like that was that was why I went to school in Boston like relative to where I live it was a lot more diverse and like had a lot of different types of people and that was what I really wanted is that I wanted to diversify my life like I wanted to fill in these gaps where I didn't really get to meet different um, types of people Um, but I know that that's not always easy for everyone I know some people have to go to the schools that are right next to their house or they're too young or like they can't afford to move Um, but I do think that going to a different place than where Mm -hmm. you're from is also important or to travel if you if you have the ability and can afford it to travel in some sense um and I know within the U.S. for sure it's so important yeah because I think a lot of people forget that the people live vastly different there's uh, not a lot of middle class going on here um so it's it's very important to know how other people live and I know we took a trip in high school to Costa Rica and that was like eye-opening for us that we really you can't think of yourself in a bubble there are so many other people that live in the world and we encompass the same earth and you know it might something might seem like a huge problem to us right here but some people can barely eat or like whatever like basic (laughs) basic living which is so horrible um, but yeah, I think it's all about perspective and, and what are, whatever degree you can do it is whether it's reading at home with some books from the library to going somewhere different in college yeah. and talking to other people. There's lots of different options. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure we had a long convo. Love mm-hmm. it. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I'm hoping to have Grace on again soon, Yay. but thank you so much for coming. Thank you for, for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. I think this is a really great conversation and definitely very pivotal for the time. And I hope everyone at home enjoyed it. No matter what you're doing, if you're commuting, if you're sitting at home, wherever, I know some people listen to my podcast in the shower. <laughs> that's, what I, that's when I listen to podcasts. It's actually in the shower. It's actually, like, very calming. Or, like, on a run or something. Whatever you're doing, I appreciate you taking the time to listen and um, hearing our conversation. So thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Chat with Lexi Pratt. Bye. Bye.